And David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it seem good unto you, and that it be of the, good, of the Lord our God, let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel, with them also to the priests and Levites which are in their cities and suburbs, that they may gather themselves unto us. And let us bring again the ark of, of our God to us, for we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. And all the congregation said that they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. Now David's heart is he wants to bring back the presence of the Lord. That's where the presence of the Lord dwelt at that time. It dwelt at the ark, and he wanted to bring back the presence of the Lord, and it dwelt with the ark, and he went to the people and said, let's do this, let's bring back the presence of the Lord, let's bring it back, and the people said, yes, that's a good thing to do, let's do that, let's do that, now this morning I want to preach on bringing back the presence of the Lord, bringing back the presence of the Lord, and David went up in all Israel to Bala, that is kerjath Jerum, which belonged to Judah, to bring up thence the ark of God, the Lord, that dwelleth between the cherubims, whose name is called on it. And they carried the ark of God in a new cart. So they put the ark of God on a new cart. Now, guys, that's today's Christianity. Yeah. Now, if you know anything about the Bible, and we're going to have to find this out, that's not what God wants you to do. Amen. And today's Christianity, who's longing to bring Christianity back, they've got the new cart. We've got the new church. We've got the new church building. We've got the new gymnasium. We've got the new seats. Well, I wouldn't doubt there's somewhere a church in America that's got seats that recline and prop your feet up. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> we've got the new air conditioners. We've got the new songs. We've got the new way of doing things. But God's presence is not with us. And we're missing God's presence. And they put the ark of God on a new cart out of the house of Abinah. Verse 8. And David and all Israel played before God with all their might and with singing and with harps and with psalteries and with timbrels and with cymbals and with trumpets. Today's Christianity, we got all the new music. We got it and we're playing with all their might. If you go to these new churches, nine times out of ten, 90% of the church service is singing and very little preaching. If they have to, they'll, preach a little, they'll sprinkle a little bit of preaching in there. If they have to. Let's sprinkle a little bit of preaching in there. But it's mostly singing. But the presence of the Lord is not there. And you wonder what's going on. Verse 9, And when they had came unto the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen had stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him because he put his hand to the ark, and there he died before God. That should scare you. They're just trying to do what they think is right in God's eyes. They're trying to bring back the ark. They want to get the presence of the Lord, so they're bringing back the ark. And here they see the ark stumbling on the new cart, and out of innocency, he reaches his hand up. He doesn't want the ark of God to fall. That's not a bad thing, amen? Amen. He don't want the ark of God to fall, so he simply reaches out and he puts his hand up there on the ark, and God smotes him right there and kills him. That's today's Christianity. Today's Christianity is full of dead people before God. Amen. Spiritually dead. And we wonder, why is it the presence of the Lord here? Verse 11, and David was displeased. It made David mad that God had killed Uzzah. We got today's Christianity full of Christians that are displeased. They don't understand God. And they're displeased at God. Because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, therefore, wherefore that place is called Parauzah to this day. 
And David was afraid of God that day. We've got Christians that are not only displeased with God, but they're afraid. There should be no fear in a Christian today. No matter what happens to you today, tomorrow you'll wake up in heaven. There should be no fear in a Christian. Amen. No fear in a Christian. Our future's already set and we win. It all ends great in the end for every Christian. There should be no fear. Verse 12, And David was afraid of God that day, saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? So everywhere in today's Christianity, there's questions running among modern-day Christianity, among Christians today, is how do I bring back the presence of the Lord? How do I get back the presence of the Lord? I was talking to a man at work, and we were talking about a God, and we were working together, and we were talking about the Lord, and he said, you know, when you, and I don't go on Facebook, I don't have a Facebook account, don't look for me on Facebook, but he said, if you go on Facebook, he said, people right and left are posting stuff on Facebook that says, we need to bring God back. Amen. And that's true. Amen. It's like we said way back up at verse 3 and 4, that's what people want, people want God's presence back. They know that's what we need to do. But when they start out to do it, they got the new carts and they got the singing and it's real loud and everything. They think that's everything God wants and God's smiting people right and left. (laughs) And people are spiritually dead. We got to figure out what we can do to get the presence of the Lord back. And thank God we got the Word of God that we can keep reading and find out how they eventually got the presence of the Lord back. (laughs) Turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 15. Now, let's get the answer. I laid down the groundwork. Now, we, we got to get the answer how to bring back the presence of the Lord. So, David goes through some more parts of his life. But in 1 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 1, And David made him houses in the city of David and prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched for it a tent. The first thing we need to know about bringing back the presence of the Lord is you need to prepare a place. You need to prepare a place. In your life for the presence of the Lord. The way we live our life in this world, there's no way to prepare a place for the Lord. The world has no place for the Lord in it. There's no place for the Lord at work. There's no place for the Lord at schools. There's no place for the Lord. Even in some churches, there's no place for the Lord. I hate to say that, but it's true. You've got to prepare a place for the Lord. He's holy. You got, he's a holy God, and you need to be holy before God. You need to start cleaning your life up. If you want the presence of the Lord to show up, you need to start cleaning some things up. We're not talking about salvation. We're talking about getting the presence of the Lord. And we need to prepare a place for Him. And the world doesn't want to have any place for Him. And if you're living in the world, you're not going to find a place for the Lord. So what the key to this is, is you need to stop living in the world and start living for God. And start trying to come to God and preparing a place for God and say, God, I want you in my life. And if I have to take whatever this is in my life and throw it out, I'm going to throw it out because I want you to live here. Guys, y'all got parents. Y'all haven't always been right with the Lord. You you know somebody you love, an aunt, a, a mom or a dad's coming over your house. Do you not pick stuff up you don't want them to see? You clean the place up, don't you? Yeah. Amen, you do. Yeah. I've, been over there, I've been over there visiting with Brother Packer with people where they come in and go, oh, they go, they go run and hide the beer before yeah. me and Brother Packer come in the house. I haven't found that with any of y'all yet. Y'all are a little better than that. But they would go run and hide the beer. Why? Because they wanted to make a place for the pastor. 
They felt like the, somebody who's close to the Lord's coming in. They want to prepare a place. You've got to do the Lord the same way. You've got to prepare a place in your heart for the Lord. Amen. Verse 2. Then David said, None ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. For them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God and to minister unto him forever. And David gathered all Israel together to Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord unto this, into his place which he had prepared for it. David had learned something. Since the time of 1 Chronicles chapter 13, he had learned something. And let's keep on reading and let's see what he had learned. Look at verse uh, 12. And he said, and said unto because he's going to give a bunch of names, so let's go down to verse 12. And he said unto them, Ye are the chief of the fathers of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, both ye and your brethren, that ye may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel into the place that I have prepared for it. For because ye did it not at the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us, for that we sought him not after the due order. So there's a due order of doing things, and David's realizing we weren't doing it right. We weren't doing it the way God wanted us to do it. Amen. Look at verse 14. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. And the children of the Levites bear the ark of God upon their shoulders with the stays thereon, as Moses commanded according to the word of the Lord. There's the key to everything right there. What happened was David had got a hold of the word of the Lord. And he got a hold of the Bible and he says, you know what? I've been reading, fellas. And the way we were doing it, we thought we were doing it right. And it wasn't the way God wanted us to do it. I've been reading the Bible. And the word of the Lord said, you're the one supposed to be carrying it. We're supposed to be doing it a certain way. And let's go back to the way God wants us to do it. All right. So this is a second part of bringing back the presence of the Lord. You've got to do it God's way, not your way. Amen. That's the problem with a lot of Christianity today. They want the presence of the Lord. Everybody wants the presence of the Lord. That's any kind of Christian at all. But they want to do it on their terms. They want to do it their way. And God is a holy God. And he says, no, you're going to do it my way. My way. My way isn't to put it on a new cart and to carry it with a bunch of oxen. My way is to put it on the Levite's shoulders and for them to bear it. That's the way I want it done. That's so particular. Isn't that kind of particular? Isn't that kind of little bit of nitpicking? That's God. That's your God that you serve, that saved you. He's nitpicky about little things. He's picky about the Word of God. that you. He's picky about the Bible you use. He's picky about the way you pray. He's picky about the way you dress. He's nitpicky about stuff. But you know what? He has a right to be that way because he's God. (laughs) He created you. He wants you a certain way. And he wants to do things a certain way. So if you want to bring back the presence of the Lord, you got to stop trying to do it your way and get back to the word of God and do it his way. You've got to do it his way. He's not going to have any other way. And some people, they're so naive, they say, well, if I worship, as long as I worship God, that's all that matters. I've heard that all the time. As long as I worship God in my own way. I think that's what Bernie Sanders said this last couple of weeks. As long as I worship God in my own way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ask, let's talk to Uzzah about worshiping God your own way. He's dead. <laughs> God said, you want to worship me? I'm going to kill you. He killed him. Guys, if there's one theme I'm getting out of this Bible, outside of salvation in Jesus Christ, and we can talk about that all day long, is you need to have a healthy fear of the Lord. 
a healthy fear of the Lord. We're going through the book of Proverbs on Wednesday night. Now, as we're studying through the book of Proverbs, it just keeps popping up, popping up. Fear the Lord, fear the Lord, fear the Lord. Guys, you need to have a healthy fear of the Lord. If you don't do it the way He wants to do it, He'll smack you. He'll strike you. You don't just go about doing what you want to do. It drives me crazy how naive people are. They hear somebody say the word God or Jesus, and they think that they're the way to go. That Oh, it's okay. They said Jesus. They're not even talking about the same Jesus. you got to get it right. you got to get into the Word of God. you got to know God's Word. you got to know how He feels about things. you not got to know how He feels about Jesus Christ. you got to know God's Word. You say, what's wrong with the churches today? They're allowing homosexuals in the church and allowing this and that. And Oh, what's wrong with the churches? It's a simple problem. It's the Word of God. Amen. They got away from the Word of God. And they started saying, you know, I don't think it's wrong to be a homosexual. Let's allow the homosexuals to come in. Let's allow them to be preachers. There's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with it if you don't read the Word of God. But if you happen to pick up this book called the Holy Bible, there's plenty wrong with it. And God's not pleased with it. We can't do it our way. We've got to do it God's way. You want the presence of the Lord? We crave that. When me and brother you get around each other, we start rubbing off on each other, and it's all the time, it's, I need to be a better prayer warrior. I need to pray better. I need to get right about this. I need, why do we feel that way? It's not because we want to be better people. We don't want to be a better American. We want the presence of the Lord. We, want the, we, we know what it's like to taste the presence of the Lord. We know what it's like to have the presence of that sweet. Oh, you can't describe it. You can't describe when the Lord comes in and starts working on your life and you're praying and the Lord comes right in there with you when you're praying. You can't describe that and you want some more of it. You want the presence of the Lord. We need the presence of the Lord, but we can't go about it doing it our own way. We've got to do it the way, the word of the Lord. And David figured it out. That started straightening things out. Look at verse 15. And the children of the Levites bear the ark of God Upon their shoulders. Guys, if you want to bring back the presence of the Lord, you're going to have to bear it on your shoulders. On your shoulders. See, what happened was they tried to bear the ark of God. Let somebody else bear the ark of God. Let's let the oxen pull the ark of God. And You know, that thing's kind of hard to carry, and it's kind of a burden to carry. So let's put it on the ark. Let's put the ark on the cart, and let's get those old oxen, and we'll drive them, and everything will be okay. And then when things started rocking along, and they got a little scared, and he put his hand out, God showed up and smote them and killed them. God always intends for you to bear the burden. You got to bear the burden, guys. You got to bear it on your shoulders. See, that's what Christianity doesn't like. Oh, they like all the love and they like all the heaven and they like all the things good about God, but they don't want to pick up that cross and carry it daily. Luke 9 23, and Jesus said to them all, If any man will come after me, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Guys, this is a daily burden. This is a daily cross. This is something you're going to bear on your shoulders. Not your mom and dad's shoulders. Not your wife or your husband's shoulders. Not your best friend's shoulders. Not the pastor's shoulders. It's your shoulders individually to bear that burden. 
This is a personal burden you need to bear to bring back the presence of the Lord. Guys, I can talk about the presence of the Lord and tell you how wonderful it is, but I want each and every one of you to individually experience that presence of the Lord. I want you to get that. Man, I want that for you so bad, but I can't give it to you. You're going to have to personally bear that burden on your shoulder. You're personally going to have to prepare a place for the Lord to dwell. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. Jesus Christ is is anything. He's a personal relationship. It's personal. And if you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you're missing out on the greatest, man, you're missing out on the greatest thing about Christianity. The greatest thing about Christianity is no matter what you're going through, Jesus Christ will personally be there with you. Right you. He will be there with you. Your husband might not understand the problems you're going through. Your wife might not understand the problems you're going with. None of your friends might not understand the burden you're building. But Jesus Christ will be there with you to bear that burden with you. Guys, I've been there witnessing to Christians that are in a very, very deep pit. Some of them are behind jails for things they feel like they didn't do. And you go to visit them and they're in there and they're on the other side of the glass in prison, in a jail for something they didn't think they did and their face is glowing. The smile on their face and they pick up that old phone and they talk to me and they're so happy and the presence of the Lord is there. He's there with them in prison and they're happier on the inside than they would be on the outside. How do you explain that? It's the presence of the Lord personally in their life. They're bearing the burden on their shoulders. They prepared a place. They got into the Word of God. He's bringing back the presence of the Lord. The Lord wants to be there with you. The Lord wants to be a presence in your life. He wants to, but it's going to be on His terms. And He wants you to be the one to bear it. So many Christians, they rely on the pastor to bear the burden. They rely on the rest of the members of the church to bear the burden. You personally need to bear the burden of the presence of the Lord. You need to be right with God. Guys, it only takes one of y'all to mess up and it can ruin this whole church. The devil's going to come in and take one of you out maybe and it'll destroy this whole church. One person not personally bearing the burden of the Lord. I got some good news for you. Jesus Christ says about this burden. He says about this burden, it is light. And that's what I love about the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives you the, he gives you the bad news, and then he gives you the good news. <laughs> yeah, there's a hell, that's bad news, but there's a heaven waiting for you if you come to me. That's good news. Amen, praise God for that. And the children of the Levites bear the ark of God upon their shoulders with the staves thereon. Look at verse 16. Verse 16, And David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be the singers with instruments of music, psalteries and harps and cymbals, sounding by lifting up the voice with joy. With joy. Look at that. Now skip down to verse 19. So the singers Heman and Asaph and Ethan were appointed to sound with cymbals of brass and Zechariah and Aziel and Shemaramoth and Jehalil and Unai and Eliabab and Messiah and Benaniah with psalteries on Alamoth. And Alamoth is like a pitch for the high voices. And then it says there in verse 21, And Mattathiah and Eliphela and Mechaniah and Obadaman and Jeliel and Azaziah with harps on the Sheminith to excel. Now that's a lower octave. That would be for the lower men's, the bass, the lower men's, for men's voices. So they got these instruments. 
And they're tuning them for the women to be able to sing. And they're tuning them for the men to be able to sing. They're tuning them. And they got everything in an order going on there. Verse 22. And Hananiah, chief of the Levites, was for song. He instructed about the song because he was skillful. So they had their song leader. So you want to bring back the presence of the Lord, you're going to do it with music. And you're going to do it in an orderly fashion. Now if you think back. And you think back to the story that we read in 1 Chronicles 13, they were singing music. Yeah, they were singing music. But there was one key thing missing. One little thing that was missing. Look at 1 Chronicles 13, 8. There's one thing missing, and I hear it in this church, and I hate to say it. I hear it in this church a lot, and it's, it's missing. And David and all Israel played before God with all their might. And with singing and with harps and with psalters and with timbrels and with cymbals and with trumpets. There's all the singing. Man, they're singing but they're playing with all their might. They're playing with all their might. So what's the difference, Brother Keegan? We'll turn back now to 15, 1 Chronicles 15, look back at verse 16. So David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be singers with instruments of music. There's all the same stuff. Psalteries and harps and cymbals sounding by lifting up the voice with joy. Ha, ha, ha. They were missing the joy. See, 1 Chronicles 13, 8, there was no joy. Here they had joy. They were doing it God's way. And when you're doing it God's way, there's going to be some joy when you're singing. Guys, you want to bring back the presence of the Lord? When we're singing, we need to be singing with some joy. We need to be singing with some joy. And sometimes I don't hear that in here. And that, that puzzles me. It don't have nothing to do with the voice. It don't have nothing to do with you. I sing like a turkey. And I keep on a cackling up here. So what's the difference? You don't have the joy. Where's the joy? Do you not read? We got the best music God's ever given man to sing about Jesus Christ. We got the best stuff. You read those lyrics? The lily of the valley? The bright morning star? All that You read that? At the cross, at the cross? You read those lyrics that we got in our hymnals? Where's the joy? You should have joy. Those words should bring you joy. It's praising Jesus Christ. It's singing about the blood of Jesus Christ. The new music they got nowadays, they try to leave out the blood of Jesus Christ. In our book, we got the blood of Jesus Christ running all through our hymnal. I've listened to some of this new music and they sing about stuff and I'm thinking, they don't even mention the name of Jesus Christ. It's amazing. For sure they don't hardly ever mention the blood. They don't even mention the name of Jesus Christ. It's all about the name of Jesus Christ. And we sing about the name of Jesus. We give you the songs that sing about Jesus Christ. Read those lyrics. They should bring joy to you. Did you not read what we were singing before I got up here to preach? We were singing about the, the even though the, the sea billows roll, I know as well with my soul. Man, that the Lord has took my sin and, and not in part but the whole and nailed it on His cross. Man, that's something to have joy about. Man, you should have joy when you're singing. And they had joy and they were bringing back the presence of the Lord because when they had their music, they had joy with their music. Man, I hear some of this new music and it just makes me want to throw up in my mouth. I hear this stuff and it's like, I will praise Him, I will praise Him, I will praise Him. Seven eleven songs, they call them. Seven words repeated 11 times. It is... Ah. <laughs> You know, and listen, I will praise him, I will praise him, I will praise him. Well, shut up and start doing it. Sing about him. Sing about the blood of Jesus Christ, that cross, man. Let's sing sing about the resurrection. Let's sing about Jesus Christ and how awesome he is. Let's get it going. But it's I will, I will, I will, me, 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 me. And I'm listening to this junk. 
And I'm thinking, if God even showed up, if the presence of the Lord even showed up in this place, after the third time they repeated it, he'd get bored and walk out the back doors. Because <laughs> I'm bored and I want to walk out the back doors. It's boring. And they think, just because they put a lot of music to it and put the drum beat, the buku, the buku, the buku, so everybody's got the African beat in it, they think just because they put all that stuff in it, that's going to be good enough. That's not worshiping God. That's your flesh. But boy, when you start praising and singing about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and that sacrifice He did on the cross of Calvary, shed His precious blood and the power in the blood and all the great wonderful things and you got those songs that bring some joy in your heart. You know the world, when you leave these doors, the world is going to beat you down. The world's going to take away your joy. The world's going to do everything it can to destroy you. And you get in the presence of the Lord and you start singing those songs. There should be some joy. Where's the joy? There was joy when they sang the songs. When they sang the songs, there was joy. We should have joy to bring back. Bring back the presence of the Lord. I want the Lord to come in here. I want, you know, the Lord's not welcome anywhere, but I want Him to be welcome right here. And I want Him to come back and sit on that back seat right back there. And I want him to sit down and I want him to say, this is pleasing to me. This is what I want. I want to hear more about me. And I want him to feel comfortable. I want him to know there's a place for him to dwell in here. I want him to be in here. I want the presence of the Lord to show up. And I want him to leave with me. I want him to be at my house. I want him to be in my car. I want him to be at my workplace when I'm driving down the road. I don't want to lose the presence of the Lord. And guys, sometimes I feel like we've lost the presence of the Lord. And I think about back in the weeks past, what was I listening to on the radio? What was I watching on the TV? No wonder the Lord wasn't there. It wasn't pleasing to Him. It didn't make Him happy. And we wonder why we're so displeased and have no joy. You're not going to have any kind of happiness without the Lord Jesus Christ. No real joy. No real joy. Look at verse 25. So David... And the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the house of Obadiah with joy. See that? And it came to pass when God helped the Levites to bring back the presence of the Lord, you're going to need God's help. You're going to stop doing it with your own power. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to start moving in here. You need the Holy Spirit to start moving in your life. You need the Holy Spirit to start coming in and dwelling in you fully so that fruit can manifest out. You need the presence of the Lord. You need God's help. See, it said there that God helped them. It came to pass when God helped the Levites. See, they were doing it His way. And when you're doing it His way, He comes in and starts dwelling with you and helping you. He said, well, Brother King, I, I like the songs. I just don't have the joy. Pray for God's help. Say, Lord, give me joy. I, I want to love you, Lord. Give me the love I need to have for you. I mean, those are real prayers. Those are, stop praying for a million dollars and stop praying for new cars and new houses and start praying for God to show up. Amen. And say, Lord, show up in my life. Because if I, if I was a millionaire, Lord, living in a mansion and I didn't have you, I'd be nothing. Those are real prayers. And I want your presence, Lord. I need you to help me. I need your help. Yeah. With joy. Up at the end of verse 25. With joy. See, there's joy here. The Lord don't want to be around a bunch of naysayers. The Lord don't want to hang around a bunch of people that are frowning all the time. I don't blame Him. You think the Lord wants to be around you? Always whining and crying. Who wants to hang around people like that? 
Nobody, the Lord don't want to hang around you acting like that. But when you wake up and even though everything's wrong, everything that could go wrong in your life is wrong and you wake up and you still have joy for the Lord, you don't think that don't please Him? And you don't ever know what the Lord's trying to do in your life when the devil says, He won't have any joy. He won't love you if I, you let me do this. I promise you He won't love you. Get up and say, Lord, I love you. I deserve every bit of this, but I still love you. You don't think the Lord don't get pleasure out of that? He'll come in and help you. Don't you want his presence? And it came to pass when God helped the Levites that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord that they, that they offered seven bullocks and seven rams. The final thing I need to show you about bringing back the presence of the Lord is you need to sacrifice. You need to sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to bring back the presence of the Lord. It's not easy. You've got to start sacrificing. Say, Lord, for you, I'm sacrificing this time. For you, Lord, I'm going to sacrifice some effort. For you, Lord, I'm going to sacrifice my heart for you. Stop putting my heart on these things. I'm going to start putting it towards you. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's reasonable to do for God. He's done so much for us. You're going to have to sacrifice. This stuff don't come easy. It's something great. It's something wonderful. But it doesn't come easy. You're going to have to sacrifice. But it's worth it. Let me tell you something. It's worth it. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know, a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now, you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me, and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.